Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. My job is to kick ass, not make small talk. So I'm going to keep this brief. We've got a copy of my game, Duke Nukem Forever, Balls of Steel Edition on the Xbox 360 to give away. So keep listening to the podcast. Time to stop pissing around and get this big boy back into action. Hello, hello, welcome to the Agent UK podcast, podcast 93. So, only seven more to go to podcast 100, and uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. But first, let's introduce the uh, normal IGN UK guest. That's Mr. Daniel Kruper. Hello, everyone. Miss Kez McDonald. Hello. Mr. Chris Tilly. Bonjour. You're back. Hello. And uh, Mr. Tom Butler. Hello. Welcome, chaps. How was Glastonbury? Glastonbury was was great. It was really good fun. Really good fun. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Chris hung out all week. Yeah, we hung out a lot. Yeah. Spent a lot of time together. <laughs> we we never managed to meet up. And I was even doing a video diary to put on the site. <laughs> and the whole crux of it was me trying to find Tom. And so without me seeing him at the end, it was just useless. Did you actually film anything for the video diary? Yeah, I filmed loads of stuff of me looking for him and me talking, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see Tom and little gigs, oh, I'm here, I might see him in a minute. And then the ending should have been me seeing you. Your phone kept dying though. Yeah, my phone died every day. And it's hard when you're running around with your mates trying to do stuff and then then having to go and find someone else. I did set a time, but you decided like, not to turn yeah. up. What you need mm. is a special festival phone, like an old Nokia. Well, which is what I always take, yeah. Walkie talkies. Like yeah. yeah. walkie yeah. talkies. That's true. But uh, yeah, it was good. It rained a bit, but it was sunny a bit. Well, you arrived on Thursday, right? I arrived Friday. Friday. So it rained Wednesday and Thursday pretty badly. It rained a bit on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday it was fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Loads of good bands there. Um, I took it upon myself to try and find out if there would be any gaming at Glastonbury. And? And I had to drink a lot of ciders. Um, <laughs> I had to, what kind uh, of games did you play? I a lot of <laughs> different substances to try and uh, f- complete my mission of finding gaming and discovered there is no gaming at Glastonbury. There's no gaming. Zero gaming. But... I found at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday mo- Saturday night, uh, after many hours of partying hard, I made it into Arcadia, which is mm-hmm. in Shangri-La, which is like the mythical corner of Glastonbury, mm-hmm. yeah. where all the weirdest stuff in the world happens. Like you get there and it's just mental. Wandered around a bit. Is it still mental at like one pm in the afternoon or just no? Everyone's asleep. Then. Yeah, everyone's pretty asleep. Okay. And I found a connect. Did you? Yeah, there was a video wall which had um, a projector on it. And you went and stood in front of it. There was a little connect there, and it kind of been hacked. So it was it was tracing people's movements. So you just had all these people like dancing in front of it, and then watching themselves being played back on the video right. screen. Awesome. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So I found a connect at Glastonbury. There you go. There you go. Um, and presumably an Xbox as well, or not? I don't know. I have no idea. It was hidden away just in a wall. I don't think if it was an Xbox there, just it wouldn't have lasted very long. Developed his own intelligence. Yeah, there was, yeah. I, I <laughs> Got saw a ticket to Glastonbury. I saw I saw Game Boys walking around and things like that, yeah. but um, I don't think they were real. No, exactly. I made love to a Mega Drive. <laughs> you had some good shit by that point. Uh, and Chris, before Glastonbury, you were away at Pixar as well. I was. I went over there to see Cast Two and interview the voice cast and John Nasser. And yeah, the film's pretty average. It's okay. Um, it's better than the first one. Because stuff actually happens in this one. Does it stall at the starting grid? Oh, God, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. We did, a, we did about six months worth of them, didn't we, last year? For Gran Turismo 5, yes. Um, it's okay, though. 
Right. But it's um it's kind of overshadowed a bit by the Toy Story short that comes before it. Right. Is that good then? That's it's a Honolulu really, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Hawaiian vacation. Yeah. It's really good. So but it's um, not doing very well on the tomato meter. It's like bombing. It's like the worst reviewed car, uh, Pixar movie ever. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think it was the worst, but it's, it's you know, coming off the back of Wally and Up and, and Toy Story 3. It's what do you think's the worst? Um, cars. Cars, the original. But oh. then I think Cars isn't that bad a movie. It's just an average... By yeah, their high standards, yeah, yeah. exceptionally high standards. Yeah, exactly. It's the only Pixar movie I've never seen, Cars. Well, I watched it at Christmas because I thought this trip might come up. Yeah. I, I watched it at Christmas on Christmas Eve and it was on the telly and I was doing my rapping and I just lost interest in the film and got really got doing into my rapping. rapping. Yeah, a bit of MC. Yeah, yeah. Just at Christmas. That's what I do. Chris, do you rapping for Grandma? I'm going for X Factor next year. The Woo Tilly Posse. But yeah, I had a chat with John Nasta, asked him about Incredibles 2. He said he wouldn't talk about anything he'd not announced. Was he wearing a nice shirt? Yeah, he was wearing a wine shirt. We talked about his shirt for a, a little bit. Has he turned into a caricature of himself? It certainly sounds like it. No, he's... Does he actually like that shit, or is he, he feels that he has to wear it? I think it's a bit of a facade. Yeah. Did you manage to grill him at all about Marvel? Because they obviously bought Marvel recently. No. They wouldn't talk about anything Well, like my, my list was... My questions were cut short by about 15 minutes. Oh, so really? I had a lot to ask him, but... Ah, oh, that's a shame. We've got some good stuff going up on the site from that trip, so... Look out for it. Good stuff. So let's move on. Uh, let's kick off with this week's news. And uh, well, Call of Duty seems to be expanding further still. Indeed, they've announced their answer to BlizzCon, or indeed their answer to QuakeCon, which is Call of Duty XP 2011. Catchy. Yes, XP. I'm not sure about that name. What do we think of the name? Does it actually stand for anything other than experience points? Or? Call of Duty XP. It's quite acronym heavy, that title. It is Cod a Con Cod, XP. CodCon XP. Mm. We've abbreviated it to COD Con. I don't think it's actually right. COD Con. Is it? <laughs> no, I think just it's just called Call, call of Duty. I mean, Handy if you want to text. Activision is so angry about the whole COD thing. It's, it's the COD Blops. I remember being told expressly by Activision to stop referring to it as COD Blops in really? articles. Yeah, and uh, in in real life, stop saying COD Blops. Why? What are they going to do? Shoot I know. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I, I think PC Gamer were calling it Prom Flaps for a while, so <laughs> they, should, they should be happy with COD Blops. But yes, it's going to be a two-day community event held in Los Angeles that basically it seems to be a huge preview event for Modern Warfare 3. Right. Um, and so it's got things like tournaments and prizes for um, extreme hardcore fans and also on more existing casual Call ones. Of Duty games or on Modern yes. Warfare? Okay. I presume on the new one as well. Who knows? Discussion panels and Q&As with the <laughs> 11 developers that are working on Modern Warfare 3. Um, well, it's only three. And an on-site Call of Duty armory and museum. Wow. Yes. Triple A live entertainment, so they'll just throw money at an enormous band, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Linkin Park? That would be funny if they stole Linkin Park off. Uh, mm. what I, Linkin- I was thinking more like uh, some sort of European pop act. Ah, yes. Yeah, Alphabet or something like that. Aqua. Can they go, yeah, Who won Aqua. Eurovision this year? Hadaway. Get him in. Um, yes. So basically <laughs> I thought it was going to be a, a big convention. And it seems to be something more than that. It's even got paintball and things. I think it sounds like a quite a nice idea if you're in Call of Duty. Yeah. Go along, play the new game, play paintball, do tournaments. There's it's loads not, of it's live not... action stuff. And... That seems to be the emphasis, yeah. <clears throat> How much tickets? $150. What? And they're going to give 100% of the proceeds to a veterans charity. Yeah, Call of Duty runs nice its idea. own veterans challenge, charity, apparently, which is quite nice. But, I mean, it's, it's nice of them to give that enormous amount of money to charity. 150 bucks, though. I know. It's like, Jesus. I know. And it's one day or more than one Two day? days. Two days. But and it's in LA. $150. Would anyone pay $150 to go to a convention? You. Well, yeah. Off, if, if all the tournaments were based around Modern Warfare 3 and you loved Call of Duty and you got to play it first, then yes, mm. you, you absolutely would. But that's a lot of money. It is, isn't it? A hundred quid. September 2nd and 3rd, people, if you feel like going to Los Angeles. 
Uh, Laura, Laura, money. Laura, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but can you just imagine waiting in the lobby for your friends? Uh, what, they keep on washing out? You can't quite f- match up with the right people. Exactly, yeah. So a matchmaking event like speed dating. With, yeah. You keep ending up in groups with really abusive 13-year-olds. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's going to be brilliant. And you walk into new... There new must be hundreds of the Call of Duty puns that we get can re- get out of this. Get really frustrated and fuck off to the bar. Exactly. So if you have any Call of Duty puns for CodCon XP 2011, send them to IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. And we'll read the best ones out next week. We certainly will. Um, on Live, which is the kind of streaming uh, gaming platform that's launching, I think, later this year, uh, it's got some other benefits to it. Yeah, I think On Live keeps growing in sort of stature and how exciting it could actually be. And Because um, we saw it at um, E3 and they were streaming it to iPads mm. and all sorts of tablets and things like that. And the potential is really good. And I did read a story about it coming to maybe PS3 and Xbox. Yeah. Um, so that could be really it's interesting. But very smart. Yeah. Uh, OnLive CEO Steve Perlman uh, gave a lecture at Cumbalunia. Cumbal- <laughs> 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 a well-respected <laughs> institution. Columbia. Well-covered. Racist. At Columbia Engineering School this week, and he's introduced a new wireless technology that is capable of delivering strong, consistent connectivity to devices up to 250 miles away, regardless of how many devices are within close proximity to one another. And this is all down to um, a debunking of uh, Shannon's Law, which has existed for like 50, 60 years. Formulated by the actress Shannon Elizabeth. Is that, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which is the quality of the film decreases as she appears in it. Um, no, it's about wireless spectrum. So they always thought there was a limit to how many wireless devices you could have running in a certain space, which is right. why when you're at big events, you can never get yeah, a Wi-Fi yeah, yeah. connection. It's always blanking out. There's always uh, black spots. But they think that... This new technology reduces that, um, and so they say that it can have hundreds and hundreds of devices running at the same time, say in a football stadium. So would this change how you access broadband in your house? Instead of having a router, would you be, could be receiving one. broadband from some sort of centralised yeah, mass? hundreds of miles away. This yeah. is one of the fundamental laws of computing, Shannon's yeah. law. The fact that it's been, if it has indeed been proven wrong, then that's a huge step forward. Yeah, they say that only two milliseconds of delay at a range of 30 miles, and tests have included 10 devices running to the spectral limits of Shannon's Law, um, and the technology could prove limitless in terms of how many devices could be used simultaneously without signal degradation. So obviously... You're looking at replacing Wi-Fi, 3G, 4G, mm. all these different so things. So it's completely just, different technology from Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think it's just an adaptation of the technology that exists. Right. Um, so it's like 3G, but not completely terrible. Yeah, yeah. So that could be amazing if this is if this works. Then well done, hats off to you, Steve. Well, Pullman. that can massively precipitate an advance online gaming. Yeah, um, it could it just could open up everything. It just would be the future now. Um, so if you want to watch that video, it's on IGN uh, and it's conveniently skips to the right place I think in a, like an hour and a half lecture nice. but check it out good stuff uh, Chris more movie news yeah well it's or written it down just a statement of fact well what's the statement that's written down Alex <laughs> uh, Charlotte Booth is a cock well he says it is a dick <laughs> yeah, what a is, cock. is that really breaking news <laughs> no. yeah but it's nice just in case you're wondering yeah he's still a dick yeah. I've been telling everyone this for years <laughs> following my incident with him in Cannes which this kind of kind of rolls on from um Apparently, Harrison Ford's been having a go at him this week. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but a little while ago, Shire was saying that they dropped the ball on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and they should have done a better job. And Details Magazine interviewed Harrison Ford and asked him what he thought of this, or if he did anything. And he said, I think I told him he was a fucking idiot. 
Nice. <laughs> so why didn't it say that on the running order? Oh. <laughs> a fucking idiot, not a dick. Yeah. Uh, as an actor, I think it's my obligation to support the film without making a complete ass of myself. Hear, hear. Quite right. Well, I don't know if you remember when I, I think I've said this before, when I went to Cannes to, to cover Indiana Jones and I interviewed the entire cast of the movie and everyone was lovely and excited to be there and really enthusiastic. And he was the last person I got to and he was just a cock. He was just difficult. He was didn't really answer my questions. I was trying to, you know, get him excited about yeah. the, the thing. And he was just, I think I said to him, what, what's it like when you get the call from Steven Spielberg asking you to be in an, an Indiana Jones film? Yeah. And I'd asked that to John Hurt, to Ray Winston, to Kate Blanchett. And they're all like amazing. Like, yes, of course. He said, no big deal. It's just like any other phone call. Next question. What <laughs> a wow. fucking novice. An actor so I, being petulant. And so I think I had five minutes with him and, you know, they time you down four, three, two, one. And, and about three minutes in, I just walked out. I was like, I'm <laughs> Good. done here. Yeah. I've got all these great legends being yeah. really, I don't need you. So no. No, no. the woman, the woman was not happy with me walking out, but. Ah, oh, fuck him. Fuck Shire. Is yeah. he still going out with, um, what's her face? I believe so. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan, yeah. What a shame. She, she seems lovely. Mm. Really tall in real life, apparently. Yep. Yeah, but that's like you. You always look short, but in real life you're quite tall. I'll tell you who else is really tall in real life. Greg Miller. He really? is quite tall. He yeah. is like six foot two, six foot three or something. I was tall, like yeah. expecting him just to be this like regular size guy and he was like <laughs> giant. <laughs> in fact he's fifteen foot tall. Yeah, hi Craig if you're listening. <laughs> but um, um we spoke to Shy this week actually and we went to Moscow to interview him about Transformers and asked him about the if there'd be an Indiana Jones five and he he didn't really commit himself, but he said Harrison Ford wants to do it, and George Lucas is in the process of finding a MacGuffin, and they really want to get it right. <laughs> so we will see. He said he said Harrison's ready to do it, and he's in the gym every day preparing for it, so he's ready to go. So I, I would love it if Charlotte Booth wasn't in it. I would as well. Yeah, me great. too. Where do you think he's looking for a MacGuffin? Do you reckon he's in that big warehouse in Indiana Jones, just like opening boxes? <laughs> no, not that one. No, not that one. Very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move back onto games news with Keza. We've got Project Rainfall this week in in America, which was an enormous movement by Nintendo fans. Just a completely organic fan movement to get three games that Nintendo of America promised would be released to actually be released. The three games in question being The Last Story, which is a, I think, a Mistwalker RPG, um, Pandora's Tower, another RPG, and Xenoblade, another RPG. Why are people so excited to have these games come to the US? Well, oh, sorry. Oh, it says on my sorry. It says on my running order they come to Europe. This is well, you, well this you've is totally ruined my piece of news, oh, Alex. Sorry. So that's that's the, the the news is that this 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 movement has sadly failed, and Nintendo of ah. America has said, no, we're not going to publish it. But thanks for being such great fans. Yeah. However, the good news for us is that we in Europe are getting Xenoblade under the title of Xenoblade Chronicles for Wii as part of a Wii bundle. Right. As Nintendo announced so yesterday, we're one out of three, and we're getting the last story next year. Okay. Pandora's Tower still. Bit of a grey area. Have you seen any of these games? Um, I have not. I saw the last story in Japan. I played it for a bit in Japan, oh. um, and it's 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 a Japanese RPG. It's I saw an opening sequence, and I walked around the town for a bit, and then right. I had to leave the shop in which it was being demoed. So, um, but we're, we... we're we're hopefully getting it in just to have a look at. Do Why do you videos. think we're getting them and the Americans not? Well, that's really interesting because I mean, Project Rainfall has it, it managed to push one of these games to the top of the Amazon bestseller list on pre-order. You know, it's it's a big movement. Like you, you wouldn't think they'd turn down money, which is interesting. But I mean, I suppose in, in the, the US, US, and there's relatively yeah. little coming out on the Wii. Exactly, there's nothing coming yeah. out on the Wii. So I don't know why Nintendo of Europe would choose to release these, and Nintendo of America would not. So would it cost less to market the games in the US? I mean, sorry, here than it would 
I presume so. So it must be that, right? Because they must have paid for the translations for it to be released here. Quite. Well, yeah. this, this is the thing. that the, the biggest problem with localising games like that is the vast amounts of yeah. text and things. So if you've already done that, why not yeah. just release it? I mean, but, Natsume and uh, Rising Star do this all the time. They just yeah, get they things do. that are translated. They just release them. They, they don't yeah. push them. They just leave them online. Retailers don't stock them usually. But they sell to people who really want them. And I don't know about these games in particular, because obviously in the US you localise to English and that's it, but Europe, will this be localised just to English or will it be localised to uh, French, Spanish? Nintendo, Nintendo's EU standard is always it's localised into every European language. Wow. So we so can you, assume full localization. Yeah, so you would have thought that if it's there already... Yeah, why on earth not release it? I don't know. I think there's a lot of very disappointed and very you know passionate Nintendo fans at the moment. So they're region locked? Well, they will Reese, be, yeah, all yeah, Nintendo games right. are, but, but Americans, um, not to rub it in your faces, but you could always import a UK Wii for probably not do. all that much money no, now if you're exactly. that desperate to play Xenoblade Chronicles. In fact, you could get it as a bundle with a yeah. red Wii controller. There you go. Yeah, I like this movement because it's a very organic, fan-driven thing. It's like, we really want these games, please release them. It's the kind of thing that used to happen. I remember when I used to read uh, Superplay. Yeah. Filling in a little thing, little petition in Superplay and cutting it out and being like, I would like this game to come to Britain, please, Nintendo, and posting it to the magazine and they do like a little petition and that just didn't really happen anymore. No. But sticking it Sad to the man. Mm. And then the man sticking it back saying, no, you can't have it. Mm. Uh, Toy Story 4 news is, uh, is up next. Yeah, I'm not really sure about this because uh, it's a story from the BBC where uh, Tom Hanks was talking about his new movie. And he said, yeah, I think there will be a Toy Story 4. Yeah, I think they're working on it now. But okay. they said he, he said it deadpan. <laughs> so was he joking? Yeah, mm. because if you ever seen an interview with um, Tom Hanks, he's got quite a mischievous sense of humour and he just delivers it very deadpan to the interviewer, almost yeah. like he's winding him up. You're not quite sure whether... No. Yeah. I saw an interview with him the other day on ITV with that woman who used to be in Blue, um, Big Brother. Alison. Yeah, the black lady, Alison, yeah. And he's got an obsession with typewriters. Yeah, I saw that yeah. Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross bought him. He gave him one, of, didn't he? Uh, sort of very limited years ago. Time. Oh, very and he was lo- he loving it, wasn't he? Couldn't yeah, get enough of he it. knew all about it. Like, um, um, but, but when I went out to Pixar last year and spoke to Joan Cusack, who's obviously one of the voices in the Toy Story films, uh, she was saying she really wants them to do a Toy Story 4. Because I was saying, I feel like they should just leave it. And she yeah. was saying, no, I'd like to see the story continued, but from the girl's point of view, because it's always been from Andy's point of view, and yeah. them being boy toys, and I've got daughters, and... I think we could continue the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Pixar are really getting into the sequel biz of late. Oh, yeah, I yeah, it's a real shame. Cause, cause, well, well he's, I'm looking forward to Monsters University being the prequel. It's something slightly different. Cars two just you know seems a retread or seems like the Saturday morning cartoon sh- shorts that they did. Was Cars st- stuck together? Was Cars two more actiony? Was yes. there lots of racing and things? Yeah, there? yeah. No, it's a spy movie with with it's it's a racing movie combined with a spy movie. That's so much better. There's lots of action, but s- it, it just felt like the kind of action from Saturday morning cartoons we used yeah. to see when we were kids. It didn't yeah. seem anything elevated. Oh, I went to see the original Cars with a four year old boy who was extremely excited by the race at the beginning, and yeah. then just so bored for the rest. So if there's yeah. more races, at least he'll be happy. Right, it's, it's already making lots of money. Are there very crude racial stereotypes or national stereotypes in Cars too? <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Because yeah. they come to Britain and they meet a princess and a spy. <laughs> Yeah, I saw and the, queen, the, queen, the Queen's in it. I saw Transformers 3 at the beginning of the week, and the Ferrari has a very thick Mario accent. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, he's awesome. The, the, the Ferrari's awesome. When I was in the it's States um, not long ago, I went to a, a cinema, and they had posters. that were these really cool Cars posters, and each one was a country, yeah. like a little stereotype of what the country was. Yeah. And there's one of France, and there's an Eiffel Tower, and there's a car floating down with a parachute over it. It's got an Italian flag on it. So oh. I don't know whether that's a mistake or that's whether... Naughty. Yeah. Um, 
that Lewis Hamilton's terrible at it though. Oh God! That he gets one night at the end. He goes, "This race is wicked." Oh, and you're no. Like, oh no! <laughs> no! Did they really oh, do dear. that? Do but no, the- John Lasseter, I did ask him about the sequels thing, and he said, "Now they know they can do them and do them well." I think he was talking about Toy Story two and three that they were going to do them both at the same time. They do original films and then sequels. But then one they only the do other. one a year, don't they? So I well, they're doing what they're doing um, three every two years now. Right. They've they've upped the ante because they announced two films for. 2013 so I think they're building towards doing two a year but that's what always kept them exciting the way that they always had a new property coming out and um, they scrapped scrapped Newt didn't they yeah Yeah. whereas that looked really interesting because they said it resembled too closely to the plot of Rio when they found out about that that's why it got scrapped Mm. I think I'd quite like Toy Story to stop now yeah, I'm not sure I'd like to see it yeah. again. It was very much a kind of closing. It's got to be the a, perfect trilogy. Yeah, it was a closing on a on a chapter of you know anyone who's around about twenty five. It was kind of a closing of the chapter of childhood for, for us, I think. So there you go. That's there you Toy go. Story four. Uh, iPhone news. Um, so there's been loads of kind of conjectures, sort of talking about whether it will be a brand new phone, uh, complete redesign, or same as the iPhone four. Well, according to CNN, it's going to be both. So um, <laughs> they're going to do uh, release a kind of a budget iPhone 4S or whatever it's called, like 3GS, but um, but that's going to be uh, a target, the kind of entry level or mid to entry level uh, phones will cost about $349 unlocked, which I think if you look at an iPhone 4 at the moment, it's probably about 500, 600 quid. It's really expensive to get unlocked. So, uh, and then you'd get that on prepaid plans. And then they'll also do an iPhone 5, which will be the proper next step, which will be super expensive, but very, very flashy. Both coming out at the same time? Roughly around the same time, before the end of the year, according to uh, CNN and uh, a different source, DigiTimes. If they have a cheap version of the iPhone, they're just going to dominate, aren't they? Yeah, if, yeah, if, if they can uh, capture both the kind of high-end market and the entry-level market, then... What, what do they? I do then? My iPhone's <laughs> dying this week. Wait. Wait. <laughs> That's the only thing. Why an Android? Keep it on last legs. Buy an HTC. I'm waiting now. I'm just going to stick it out now. I can't. It's dying. Do you want to borrow a Nokia? I've got an old Nokia. I was going to say, yeah, borrow a phone for <laughs> an old Motorola. A few months. Yeah, thirty quid Motorola. That'll do you fine, right? But okay. so, so the only other thing is, um, so they're talking about DigiTimes has some info, inside info on the iPhone five. Apparently, obviously, no official info has come out. But they're, they're, they talk about one feature that's currently uh, uh, touted for it. Any ideas what it might be? What would you want to see on iPhone 5? CD drive. A what? CD drive. A CD drive. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a, that's a gag from the past. Yeah. I would like one. it to fillet on command. Wow. Right? It'd be really wow. useful if it did that. Any what serious suggestion? Daniel, you're, you're a fanboy. <laughs> for Tra- God's Transformer. Sake. Oh, Transformer fun. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Anyway, the one. <laughs> I like that. One semi-confirmed hardware upgrade is a dual LED flash. What does wow. that mean? What the fuck? <laughs> What's that mean? Well, you get, at the moment, the iPhone 4 has got a single LED flash. Now there'll be two, so it'll be, be a bit brighter. What is it? Oh. So I guess it, it's two spots picture. or two lights <laughs> in one spot? I don't know. You don't know. No I, don't, I don't really care. Who cares? I just thought, in, in terms of hardware announcements, that's pretty goddamn boring. Flash! So. Uh, so, yeah, that's iPhone. Uh, and then, last bit of news... Daniel. Yeah, um, Resident Evil The Mercenaries 3D, which is a bit of an unwieldy title. You're right. Uh, what, sorry? Sorry. <laughs> um, apparently the game won't let you delete any of your save it data. No, it won't. Well, it refuses. This. It's obstinate. Yeah. It just won't let you re- delete any of it. So it doesn't give people the chance to start their own games. I suppose this is less of an issue because it doesn't have a straightforward campaign mode, but, but still, still a little bit It annoying. is a bit of an issue, I think. Yeah. 
because you're going to have someone else's time. I mean, basically, the reason that this is a problem is that everyone's refusing. I mean, HMV are not taking trade-ins on it. Game and GameStation are this. Yes, saying. that's right. And, so you have um, to get like a, if you pick up one second hand, it'll be soiled by ooh. someone else's saved data. Yes, but this this interests me because Capcom have claimed to IGN US that, that it was not a factor. Like pre-owned, they weren't trying to prevent pre-owned trade-ins. That was not a factor. Right. But I'm not sure I believe that. Why did they do it then? Um, in order to try and stop the bad will that's now, that Capcom's now incurred from people who think that they have the right to trade in their games if they want to. Everyone hates Will. He's such a dick. <laughs> so bad. But is, is this the only game that it's on? Or is it on, is it on other Capcom games? Not that anyone's been able to one earth. Right. Yeah, not confirmed yet. As yeah. For 3DS titles going forward, we're not sure. Like I tried to talk to Capcom about this earlier this week. Because we're going to write a big editorial. Hopefully, because of the backlash, this won't set a new precedent. I hope not. But yeah. Nintendo actually stepped in and said that they weren't allowed to talk about it anymore. So, Ooh. who knows what's going on there? But it's interesting because it's this is one of one of the ways that they could try and drive first-hand sales. Because obviously, it's a big problem for publishers at the moment. Mm. They're not getting any money out of second-hand sales. Another thing that we've been talking about the last two, few, few, eh, the last few weeks is things like pre-order bonuses. Another yeah. way for people to just make you buy the game from a retailer so that yeah. the publisher gets money. Um, Does anyone trade in their games here? Yeah. Yeah. I trade in my games. Yeah. It's always just, worth it. If, yeah, I just yeah. think, you know, if you've got a ton of games at home and you want to keep your game Some I never revisit. I will never... It's just dead money. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a hoarder, unfortunately. I'm yeah. totally I'm taking games. LA Noir back as soon as I finish that because that's still fetching good money. There's also a bit of a grey area in games journalists who get games for free and trade that in. I don't, I don't, do I don't yeah, agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> some people do do it. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I think it's a really bad thing. I just think, you know... If I think I've, you should let people do what they want with this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've paid yeah. my 40 quid for that game, so therefore I own it. I should be do, able to do whatever the fuck I want to do with it. Mm. So. It's weird because in, cause it's a digital medium. They can put things in that can they can kind of enforce it, whereas you can't do that with books or videos or DVDs. No yeah. one's going to come around and take out it's, the middle chapter of yeah, a book. Exactly. It's a bit like DRM, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, th- the thing... The thing about it is that it's not going to affect you that badly if you just want to play the game. Yeah. But if you do want to trade it in, then it's... it's. I mean, there's no reason for it to be like that. No. It's not like there's some way the game was made that means it can't possibly d- delete the data. Yeah. I mean, even things like Nintendogs, like, they could, they don't let you delete the data. But if you hold down a lot of buttons and press the start and select buttons at the same time, it will just do a hard reset. Right. But And that doesn't work on this. Immune. It's immune. Hmm. God there damn, go. Capcom. So anyway, uh, we are doing an editorial on that on the site later on, well, probably, probably this, when this week. podcast is live. So uh, we'll be analysing not only that, but other save game and, well, other kind of... I'm talking about why, how, how publishers are trying to stop us from buying secondhand and whether it's fair. Maybe they should just have people stand outside a shop beating you up if you try and go and buy a secondhand game. Mm. Should we... Before we move on, trail the fact that we've got a competition coming up at the end of this podcast. Yes, we do. So obviously we've spoken a lot uh, in the past couple of episodes about Jute Nukem. Um, and we've got a copy of it to give away. So. Not just a copy of it, we have a super du- uh, duper. Balls, Balls of, of Steel edition with uh, a little bust. On Xbox 360. Looks cool. Does it come yeah, with actual steel it? balls? It doesn't. So but, looking well, at the side of the purposes. box. Yeah, quite, <laughs> just roll them around in your hands. You, you get uh, a couple of dice, not quite sure why. Very steel balls. A uh, couple of poker chips, some postcards of Duke in different places. <laughs> Looks like he's on top of the Himalayas in space, in a casino, in a boxing ring, and picking up what looks like an Oscar. Those, so it'll be, the, it'll be a lot of fun sending them to your friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Those, Maybe we should include one of Dan on Holland. And Day. they're the same paintings that are in Duke's mansion in the game. Uh, is that go. right? That's right. Um, there is uh, a comic book, Duke Nukem comic book, 
uh, a history, legacy, and legend book, and then you get a certificate of authenticity. So that's got to be worth like about a million pounds, right? Mm. Uh, I reckon uh, at probably least. a little bit more, actually. Yeah. In Dan dollars, it is. So, so keep listening to the end of the podcast, and you'll find out how you can get your hands on Duke Nukem's balls of steel. So you Absolutely. can make your own mind up about Duke Nukem. Exactly. So. Uh, Let's look at the games and movies that are coming out this week. Again, very, very quiet week in terms of games that are coming out in chops. But Uncharted 3 multiplayer beta is now live. Yeah, so it's if if you can get it if you've got Resistance 3. No, Resi- sorry, um, Infamous 2. There's a code in there yep. for that. You can also get it if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Which, which you will be. Which yeah, you will which be if, if you bought if your PlayStation yeah. well, before not, April 20th, was yeah, it? Yeah, but basically they, they made everyone a PlayStation Plus member after the hack to say sorry. So yeah. everybody gets it now. So yeah. everybody gets it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I downloaded it this morning before I came to work so I can have a play on it tonight. Yeah. So, so um, I know that there was a few server issues when it first went live, but that's because everyone in their uncle yeah. was trying to play it. But yeah. Do we know if it's the same demo they had playing at E3? Oh, I don't know. Because um, did anyone play that? I, I didn't get around to playing it at E3. So you kind of, you co-opted and then you were taking on ho- hordes of bad guys and waves of them as uh, they came As in. far as I'm aware, it, it's a sort of straightforward multiplayer just a straightforward run around and shoot other people in the face and break people's necks and stuff So I think like there's that. a few game modes for it. Um, in uh, the final game? Yeah, no, in the beta, yeah. So anyway, we, we will all be going online. We've got some codes, so you should come online and, and kick our asses. Yep. Um, Maybe we'll kick yours. You can find all our PSN addresses on um, my IGN. Yeah. yeah. So come and find us and add us, and we will totally shoot you in the face. Yes. Pow. Movies. <laughs> Not an earth-shattering week for movies. Um, there is a film called Super coming out, which is kind of like Kick-Ass meets Taxi Driver. But sounds not- great. But not as good as either of those films. Oh. But it's about this guy whose who's missus leaves him and he has kind of a breakdown and decides to become a superhero and start cleaning up the streets. And it turns really nasty and violent. So it's, it's a really black comedy, but it just doesn't really have anything to say. And I found the only bits I was laughing at were the really shocking bursts of violence that were really unexpected. But it wasn't really fun. The, the rest of it wasn't very funny and it just didn't really... And who, who's in that? It's Rain Wilson. Is it Rain Wilson? The guy from, yeah, the from The Office. office. Yeah. Who I, actually, I don't find at all funny in The Office, but he's quite good in this. Right. And it's Ellen Page. He has a really twisted relationship with Ellen Page in it as well. Right. It has quite a few good cameos, is not it? Yeah. Um, Nathan? Ke- Nathan Fillion's Brilliant. in it. And Kevin as God? As uh, Jesus, like yeah. superhero Jesus or something. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus is a superhero, Tom. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon's in it. Kevin Bacon's quite good in it. But it's okay. But I would rent Kick Ass or Taxi Driver rather than watch it. Could deep. you put them on at the same time and watch them at the same time and get the same effect? Multi screen. One on one, one eye on one, and one eye on the other. Well, then you'd end up watching <laughs> Super. That's, that's, that's it. it. And that's what your brain would do. That's just How reminded long? me. I, was, I had a dream about Kick Ass 2 last night. Ooh. Um, and Kick Ass was flying over some green land, like, um, oh, God, what? You know, the old school, not like. Playingfield. Playingfield? No, 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 no. Kind of. Uh, I'm talking about video games. Kind of. Um, as a specific type of landscape in the old school video games. I can't what, remember. What the Rolling Hillocks. Hills? Parallax huh? scrolling? No. Anyway, it was oh. that. But uh, Kickass was riding a green dragon. Wow! Wow! So you heard that, it here I first. Think that might be happening in Kickass too. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Should we email Mark, awesome. Mark Miller? Yeah. Got this brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> How He's long got... does Nathan Fillion turn up for in Super? Um. About five minutes. Okay. That's not... I'm deeply in love with Nathan Fillion, but five minutes is not enough. He looks quite stacked in the clip that I've seen. Nathan Fillion. I didn't really recognise it was him at first, and then I had to remember that it was him. Yeah, I saw the clip yesterday, and he looks like he's uh, quite stacked in it. Maybe we'll see it. Uh, The new Terrence Malick film's out, The Tree of Life. 
Does I don't anyone know. care about that? Um, I'm going to check it out. In fact, I should be seeing it right now. I'm oh, missing really? It. I'm missing it because of this podcast. But um, I don't know. We've got a funny feature, I think, going up next week to tie in with. Is it not the top five trees of life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Are there, are there five trees of life? I don't know. <laughs> Surely not. Anyone know? Maybe just top five trees. There's one in biology, isn't there? Like, there's one that, like a, it's a, it's a diagram. I think there's, one one in Avatar, there's one in Avatar, Oh, yes, there? Yeah. there is, yeah. Hey, this list is started. Well, listeners... There's one in Zelda. <laughs> wow. Within the next week, this might be up on the site if we can make this the ra- Don't the raccoons live in a tree? In, in Pompoco. <laughs> the raccoons. Christ. They do, they live in a tree. All right, let's... So? let's <laughs> but, um, forgetting the films are out next week, I'd probably... You guys hadn't seen Transformers last week, had you? So maybe you should quickly say a word on... Yeah, I saw it on Monday, and... While it's not terrible, it is still pretty shit. <laughs> it's, 15 hours, it's 15 hours long It's as well. 15 hours long, and by the end, you give up your will to live. And it's just, the first hour and a half, it's like a really broad slapstick comedy full of gags, and it bizarrely has Francis McDormand in it and John Malkovich. Wow. They just, like, throw money at them to, like, maybe get some kind of credibility. But yeah. they're just, just playing it for the last. John Totoro returns. It's quite annoying. And then the last hour is just basically Michael Bay waving his penis in your face. That's every Michael Bay film for me. Yeah. So I've heard a few things there. I've heard that 3D is really good. It is good. And I've heard that Michael Bay is proje- telling projectionists who can do it to project it extra bright oh, to so compensate for the colour loss. Production. So it didn't seem as gloomy as when I saw Green Lantern when I couldn't tell what the hell was going on. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard that Rosie Huntington-Wiley isn't that good, isn't it? She's average. I think it's an easy criticism to say she's rubbish, but Megan Fox won't wasn't much better. No, I guess not. I've also heard it's really long. It, does it seem to drag out? Yeah, it's like, t- it's two and a half hours at least. Mm. Unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, that is unnecessary. And when it, last week I told you about JFK, CGI JFK looking pretty ter- pretty terrible. Like yeah. a lemon. In the sizzle reel. I saw, yeah. Doesn't look much better in the final film. Right. Um, oh dear. Oh dear. Hmm. So anyway, uh, let's hop over to uh, read a feedback. Yeah, and, big uh, F you. Yes, uh, I've got uh, an email from Sean Khan. It's a nice name, isn't it? Why did you say it like that? <laughs> Shia Khan. It's a bit like Khan from Star Trek Two. Excellent. You just so, fucked up the machine. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies to everyone who was listening and just got their eardrums burst. <laughs> so uh, this is Sean. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's spelled from Canada. Uh, just wanted to chime in on a question you had last week about people's reverence for Ocarina of Time 3D and their consistent bashing of Duke Nukem Forever. I feel the answer is pretty simple. Ocarina of Time, like all of Nintendo's best work, is like a classic Disney movie. Duke Nukem, on the other hand, is more comparable to something like Austin Powers. It's funny when you're 14, but come back to it when you're when you're no longer a semi-retarded teenager. Does that mean Dan is a semi-retarded teenager? <laughs> Was that fair? I think that might and, be uh, And you realise just how pathetic it really is. So... Is that the last word on uh, Duke Nukem? Well, anyway, as I say, we've got... Uh, <laughs> Not if you're doing a competition. <laughs> no, 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 but at least people can make up their own minds about it rather than listening to us waffle on about it for ages and ages. So. That's a collector's edition. Duke, Duke Nukem, so. back in day, really yeah. did do some very extraordinary things with the FPS. You know, yeah. quite apart from the irreverence and the tone of it. Yeah. But, yeah... So let's let's not let's anyway, not slam Duke Nukem University. We are not going to say anything else. We will open up the competition at the end of this podcast, so uh, one lucky reader can make up their own mind. Who's got next? Their own mind. I have. I've got an email from Ben Williams, Hi, who ben. is trying to achieve something. He's trying to show the guys at Atlas, which is the publisher that handles a lot of extremely cool and weird Japanese games, that there are a load of people over here in the UK and Europe that want to play Catherine which is the uh, relationship psychological thriller that we were talking about last week. Yep. 
and that we would even shell out for the deluxe edition of the game, mm. which I actually pre-ordered from America yesterday. So yes, there are at least two people we know now, Ben, willing to pay for this in the EU. And he started a petition at petitiononline.com forward slash cathuk forward slash petition. HTML. Memorable. To get it uh, <laughs> to get it released over here by Atlas. So go. best of luck, Ben. I would urge people to support this. <laughs> can you see how many people's names are on the list? You probably I hope can, it's yeah. Just, just not yours it's me and, and Ben. <laughs> me and Ben, we'll do this together, Ben, you and I. It's the uprising. It's like the Arab Spring. Atlas <laughs> don't tend to publish in the in Europe though, do they? Get it to the number one slot on Amazon. That's what you need to do. Didn't work for the for, for uh, Project Rainfall. Yeah, but maybe it'll be released uh, is it being released in the US? It's being released in the US, yes. Oh, well, that won't work. Um, but Atlas don't tend to publish in Europe, actually, usually. Mm. they they Someone else picks it up for yep. Europe. Atlas only publishes in the US, generally. So we might try targeting a different publisher, Ben. Was it Demon Souls? That's Demon Atlas. Souls. Atlas picked that up for America, and then Namco Bandai picked yep. it up for the EU. But that right. was a brilliant movement as well when that yeah. happened. So I'm all for this kind of thing. Yeah. Let's get interesting stuff released in, in the UK and Europe. Yeah. Let's, let's do yeah. it. So sign this petition if you want to play a psychological thriller where you have to choose whether to stay with the hot person you cheated on your girlfriend with or stay with your girlfriend. Where all your fears, <laughs> and, your, fears and your guilt manifest as monsters. Yeah. And it also comes with a pair of boxer shorts if you order the deluxe version. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited about Catherine. <laughs> I can't wait to play it. All right, next bit of feedback from James Taylor, famous listener. Um, at the moment, what is your game of the year? Mine is Hyperdimension Neptunia. What Ooh. game are you looking forward to most this year? For me, it's Batman Arkham City, Uncharted 3, Battlefield 3, and Skyrim. That was a very four, hardcore choice for yeah, favourite game of the year. What's, yeah. What was his um, cho- uh, pick of the year so far? Uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia. Has anyone played this? No. I it's a, a th- I'm fairly sure it's a shooter. A side-scrolling shooter for Xbox. Uh, old school. Yeah. And, he's, and yeah. he's got a little bit of advice for Podcast 100. He thinks we, should, it good. He thinks we should do a video podcast at Wacky Warehouse. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's Wacky Warehouse? I mean, is is that, it kind of like, like Funhouse? Yeah, it's like... Ch- on the side of pubs Funhouse Charlie 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 Charlie. discussed this before is on the podcast, Wacky Warehouses. Have we? Yeah, there's oh, there other things as is well. There's a ball, like ball, ball pits. pits and slides. Yeah. And when you go down the bottom, like skeletons of old children. So it is a bit like Funhouse. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'd love what? to do that. That's brilliant. I think oh. I think Wacky Warehouse is a Norman phenom- a northern phenomenon, though. Right. I don't think we have Wacky Warehouses I in the south. They're called something it. else. Charlie Chalks. Uh, that's what that's we always used to call them. Yeah. Neglect right. your children. Neglect your children. <laughs> children here while get you have pissed. a pint. Yeah. While you get hammered, yeah. <laughs> just throw them in and go get leathered <laughs> and then yeah. forget them. Um, did get you ever see Funhouse where that kid was sick on Pat Sharp? Yeah, no. that was an amazing he did, he moment. Did, he did the, um, was it a girl or a boy? It was a girl, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, she went girl? through the Funhouse, she got to the end, She like, Pat's like, you did really, really well, and she's looking all unwell, and she's wobbling, and then she just bars on him. Oh, so no, you gets in his yes. mullet and everything. It's a wow. beautiful moment, and we might, put, we might embed it, that video. We'll embed that video. Yeah. Oh, we haven't said what our most anticipated games of the year are. Um, or what our games of the year so far are. Game of the year so far. It's got to be Portal 2 Portal for me. Two, it's the only one I'd go back and play again, I think. The game I've played the most is Ocarina of Time, which is boring. It's, it's been quite it's good so far, but not amazing this yeah, year. I'm looking forward to Uncharted 3. I really liked El Shaddai so far, actually. Yeah. Um, as for looking forward, Dark Souls, I'm going to take a week off and play Dark Souls and do nothing but play Dark Souls. You're taking a week off to play Skyrim. I'm running out of weeks off. Yeah, exactly. If I'm, I need week. to review either Skyrim or Dark I Souls. Can just and imagine, can... like, the Thursday before Skyrim comes out, I think a lot of people in the US are taking a week off and we're going to be severely understaffed. Well, we are campaigning for the review of both of those games, so hopefully I won't have to take a week off. To play. I read something about a, a company in the US that gives people a day off when a big game comes out anyway. They just say, don't come in today, just go what home kind and play of this. Well, like, a can't, like, like a gaming company, I can't think who it oh. was. 
Um, of the some NHS. publishers do. General Electric. <laughs> when the new COD came out, um, a school that one of my friends went to just let them all go home, which I thought was what pretty ridiculous. Go home and shoot people in the face. Mm. Well done. To fifteen-year-olds. Yay! Yeah. Um, next bit of feedback is from Matthew Greer. Um, for Podcast 100, you should get Pete Donaldson back because he's awesome and I think the Geordie accent is great as well. Love the podcast. Can't wait for Podcast 100. I agree. That's Matthew from Manchester. Yeah, we'll get, get Pete, Pete back. We'll get yeah. Pete he back. He has got a nice voice. And yeah. he's not doing uh, the other one, Football Ramble, at the moment. So I'm no, sure be, yeah, he's I'm not, sure not coming in. Not till August. Summer break. The voice of Made in Chelsea, is he? Or is it the other one? He's the no, voice he does the, yeah, he does the adverts for ITV2. Yeah. But nice. yeah, he's also um, the only way is Essex. Yeah, we we missed out the FIFA news, didn't we? About the new, um, oh, the new commentator, new commentator line that, that yeah. was just announced this morning. Yeah, they've got rid of Andy Gray. Have they? Yeah, they've got they've, and they've they've got a new, oh dear, <laughs> they've got a new um, secondary team. Oh yeah, uh, so they've got so they brought in Al- Atkinson. Uh, <laughs> 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 but Alan Smith's replacing um, Alan Smith, um, oh, oh, Arsenal striker Alan boring Smith. Boring voice, yeah. not um, Alan Smith. And the secondary team who will be doing tournament matches are um, Clive Tilsley and Andy Townsend. Andy Townsend. <laughs> but you can set either team to the default in the settings right. if you want. Bring back Andy Gray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have an email from Michael Gorf or Gorferino, if oh, he likes El, to be called. Oh, Gorferino. Um, he says, he also writes in about Podcast 100. He says, I'm writing with an idea for the 100th podcast. Considering the podcast focuses mainly on everything gaming based, how about going back to the roots where it all came from? Have a massive pong tournament, prizes, drinks, etc. I think it would be really great fun. I'm pong. sure we'll have little tournaments and stuff going on yeah, whilst it's yeah. happening. Um, pong tournament sounds like something completely different though, doesn't it? I prefer beer pong. Do you? Yeah, let's play beer pong. Okay. Pong, although being great historically, is unfortunately about as fun to interact with now as a wall. As <laughs> a dimmer switch. Couldn't we set up <laughs> He's a dimmer real switch. tennis? Yes. Talking of real tennis, I'm going to go watch the tennis this weekend at my local cinema. It's in ah, 3D. Well, yeah. yeah, in 3D. Yeah. Me and my mates go down. Yeah, well, you pay for, well, I've got a Cineworld card, but um, yeah, you can you pay for your 3D and uh, yeah, just go in and sit there however long it lasts. It's all in 3D. Interesting. We try and smuggle some beers in and yeah. strawberries and cream. And If it rains, do you get to see Cliff Richard sing in 3D? Hopefully. Because that's going to be amazing. They, they've got a roof now, so. Oh, yeah. What day are you doing now? Sunday. Sunday. For the men's final, yeah. has got a roof now. <laughs> Speaking of the weekend, actually, uh, Fright Fest tickets go on sale, I think, Friday night or Saturday morning. Everyone queues up all night. And the Fright Fest guys were telling me that people who get tickets or get in the queue on Saturday, they're going to get a free double bill of The Wicker Man and Don't Look Now nice. at and the, the Empire Cinema. The original Wicker Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've both been scrubbed up recently, I think, so it's going to be nice prints of. I'd love, to, I'd love to go to that. Yeah, I might be heading down. Cool. Anyway, just for the horror geeks. Um, I've got a bit of feedback. 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 F you. My name is Rogers O'Sullivan. I have just finished my leaving certificate today. It's Congratulations. Si- it is similar to the English A-level. Um, anyway, in the interest of keeping this short and sweet, I was hoping I could get a celebratory shout-out from my favourite podcast team. Well, there you go. Congratulations. Well, well done, Roger. dude. Um, also, That's a pitiful round of applause. Proper round okay. of applause. Woo! Boo! Boo! Yeah. yeah. Uh, stick a pin in your lovely new map for Cork Island. Yeah, did we talk about this last week? Oh, but did we didn't talk the about a map. map. It's here. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, yeah it's here. We have a map. And we have somewhere to stick it on the wall as well. So I'm going to get those little tiny little stickers rather than pins to stick in so that we can just keep adding them and adding them on top of each other if yep. needs be. Um, so yeah, I'll get that up late today. Uh, P.S. Saddan is a twat. Hurrah. Mm. Uh, piece of feedback from Darren Turner who says, I was wondering what's the longest time it's taken you to complete a game? 
reason I ask is in 1985, I was playing School Days by Microsphere on Spectrum. I was only 12 at the time, couldn't be asked to read the instructions on what I actually needed to do to complete the game, so just pissed around, going to classes, hitting people with my fists and catapult until I got bored. Now, he's found a port of the game uh, on iPhone, uh, whilst having a nostalgic look around iTunes, and some 26 years later, I've actually completed the game. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. What a pissing out of climax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I can beat that. I, uh, Brothers in Arms, Hell's Highway, uh, I got quite a long way through, and then my save game corrupted, and then about a year and a half later, I came back. So that's about two years. Mm. But 26 years, I can't beat that. 26, well, I've not been alive for 26 years. So you definitely I definitely can't, can't beat, that. beat that. I think probably the longest I've ever spent trying to complete a game was two years. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's tricky because it's kind of one of those things. I guess not continuously for two well, years. I guess like obviously. Monkey Island, for example, I started playing that. Yes. Um, oh, I never finished it on the Atari ST, and then came back and finished it on uh, iPhone. I finished it on Xbox Live Arcade about. 10 years after I first yeah. played it as well. That's, so, what, that's what I was thinking, that people are going to be returning to old school games now on their yeah. iPhones. So. Yeah. Monkey uh, Island, I imagine there's a lot of people that didn't finish it first time <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so hard. Doing it now. I'm not quite yeah. sure when that, first game, when that game first came out. So that's probably my longest thinking about it. So should we 94? go to the... Um, 94, 93? The listeners? Yeah. How long have you played a game for before you've completed it? Send an email to us at IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. Send us a message on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash IGN UK or come tell us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash team IGN UK. Yep. Any more feedback? Yes, our next bit of feedback is from Marcus Hodgkinson. He was very kind enough to spell that phonetically for us. Um, he says, I have all 92 episodes on my iPhone of our podcast. I love your podcast. Aww, Thank you. Thanks. Lovely. Um, and he listens to it when he goes to sleep. Oh. So we can all <laughs> we can all think about that. He has a question for anybody who can answer it. Uh, he's looking to make his own film, and he's not the richest person in the world. So he's wondering if we can tell him what is a good quality low budget camcorder. He'd be enormously thankful. Well, I don't think we can. Uh, <laughs> Where's Stuart? <laughs> well, I, obviously, I made a short film whilst I was at university, and uh, the good news is is that you can actually get a lot of very good HD cameras that will do the job. Ultimately, when you're making your own short film, it's not about the quality of the camera, it's about the quality of the content. So spend all your time and money getting the script right, getting the actors right, and you'll, you, yeah, you'll be able to do it with... You can even do it with your mobile phone. What um, Sage advice. What yeah. Would- you look for in a camera though like because obviously if you buy a kind of a basic hd camera you, they're yeah. all autofocus you can't have like external mic inputs or anything like that if you've got a good camera that will take a good picture the, the most secondary important thing is your audio because a sound sound will make them break make or break your short film so yeah. make sure you've got a good recording device you can get those you can even use a um di- a dis- what do they call mini disc players mini right. disc players are very good at recording audio and then so, sync up the two and sync up the two post yeah. post um post edit um but you can get very good, uh, your iPhone, there's a, I think there's an iPhone film festival coming up where you can submit films made on your iPhone right. and, and do it like that. So it's not down to the camera quality, it's down to the quality of your project. Yeah. So spend all your time and money improving it, improving it, improving it, and then go. stick it in front of the camera. Good words go. of advice from Tom there. Thank oh, you, Tom. weird, wasn't it? Uh, is that it for reader feedback? That is all. I think it is. So, well, to finish this podcast... We are going to give away a copy of Duke Nukem uh, Forever Balls of Steel Edition. And I think uh, in order to win this, you need to tell us uh, your... What's the best thing to do? Duke Nukem is famous for his one-liners. Yes, he is. Right, any examples? 
Look at you, Daniel. Come get some. Come get some. Come get some. Um, I'm Genius. Kicking kick ass, ass and chew gum. gum yeah. And I'm all out of gum. So? Does he say, I'm going to rip your head off and shit down your neck? Yes, he does. There you does go. It? Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we want you to come up with your own Duke Nukem-style one-liner. Keep it under 25 words or less and send them to feedback at IGN.com and yes. include your name and address and... Um, date of birth yeah and we will get uh, IGN's very own Duke Nukem Dan Kilby to judge them and uh, we'll announce the winner next week next week yeah so your your cut off date for entries will be Thursday morning at 10am yeah we, we'll, we'll actually film Dan doing the one liner and put it up on Facebook yes good yeah, idea we're definitely, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely going to do that so and then you can tell us what you think of Duke Nukem rather than listen to us go on about it and on about it and on about and it on, so. and on and on and on hurrah uh, that's it for this week's podcast. So, yeah, uh, Podcast 100 coming soon. We are putting the final plans into place. Um, we'll have more on that shortly, I guess. Yeah, but just one more event that we're pl- planning for next week. It's a Darkness 2 hands-on event. If you Very live good. in London, um, we are holding a Darkness 2 hands-on event in, on Thursday, I believe, yes, in the yeah. afternoon. So if you've yeah. got the afternoon free, all you need to do is join us on Facebook at Team IGN UK. There's an event on there. RSVP, say you're attending the event, and just leave us a comment on the event's wall. Yeah. And so we'll pick 10 people to bring a friend along. We'll be down there, obviously, and you'll get to play the game like months before it comes out, which is very, very cool indeed. So uh, that's next Thursday. So, yeah, hop on our Facebook page and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, uh, sorry, nipping back to Podcast 100. Uh, it is, it's going to be in central London, uh, and it's going to happen probably the uh, tail end of um, August, so shortly after Gamescom. So uh, we'll have hopefully concrete details next week just working out the final few things but there's lots of exciting things planned so we'll be doing again, a gamescom special as well won't we we will be doing a gamescom special live from germany so very exciting so well Super. until next week i guess uh, that's it for this week's podcast if you like what you hear please rate us on itunes and we will see you next week Bye. My job is to kick ass, not make small talk. So I'm going to keep this brief. We've got a copy of my game, Duke Nukem Forever, Balls of Steel edition on the Xbox 360 to give away. And it's... Ah, bollocks. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.